All right, Jay, you ready? All right, let's go. Hell to the yay, he says. Hello, I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. I'm Kyle Rizdal. It is Thursday today. This one is the 18th of May. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Today we're going to do a little news as we always do, the smile thing as we always do, and then um, you get uh, the rest of your afternoon or evening or morning, depending on when you're listening to this, back. Uh, So, news. Ms. Adams, you're up. Yes. uh, Supreme Court today. Oh, yeah. Putting out some pretty big rulings when it comes to Section 230. So Section 230 is the little portion of law. Hello, Bonds. Uh, Is that section of law that has for since the creation of social media, basically given that buffer to Internet companies that says just because someone posts something on your platform doesn't mean you as a company are liable for what they post. And that law and that rule has been challenged over and over again over the years. And most recently in these cases, and it's two separate cases, one of them targeting Twitter Twitter, and the other one targeting Google with families of people who were killed in ISIS terror attacks, who basically are accusing these companies of effectively aiding and abetting terrorism by allowing ISIS to promulgate messages and to recruit people on their platforms. And so today, specifically in the case against Twitter, the Supreme Court unanimously said that Twitter was not liable in this case because Twitter didn't really treat this content any different than the rest of the content on its platform. It didn't amplify it. it, There wasn't Mm -hmm. a direct link between Twitter's actions as a company and the fact that these terror, this specific terrorist attack happened. And then on the Google case, they basically said, well, based on our ruling just now, you we're going to kick that back to the lower court to say, you know, we're not going to pay. We're not going to rule on this because given what we just said about Twitter, you right. can, you know, interpret that we're not going to do anything. But the court was very very careful to say that it was a narrow ruling in these cases and that they weren't saying that Section 230 gives, you know, carte blanche for these companies to avoid Mm -hmm. all liabilities. And the court definitely has made it abundantly clear that they think Congress needs to take another look at this because this was, you know, guidance written before the internet that we know and love today and all of the different ways that the platforms can be used. And so it's just another example of our laws and regulations just being completely mm-hmm. out of step with modern technology and the court saying, we're not, we're not going there here, but we might later. Why does this matter for the rest of us? The way that these platforms are being utilized, especially given all these new AI tools that are just flooding the space, we're going to see more misinformation. We're going to see more targeted content. It's going to be a lot easier for casual users and malicious users to put forth content on platforms that looks real, that can be really damaging to people, but that isn't real, and the platforms are not going to be liable for it in all likelihood unless Congress changes the law. And the court is saying, we're not stepping in here. Right. And see also the hearings uh, this week on Capitol Hill with Sam Altman, the head of um, mm-hmm. the company that does chat GP, OpenAI, or is that the name of the company, mm-hmm. who said, yeah. this is a guy who's, who's making uh, you know a business out of this, he said, when this technology goes wrong, it can go quite wrong. So mm-hmm. Congress has some work to do, honestly. 
And speaking of OpenAI, today you can now get the uh, ChatGPT app on your iPhone. I downloaded it today um, and and played around with it a little bit. It's the number two app on the iTunes store, uh, right below TikTok, which Montana has officially now banned. Um, So much technology news today. Uh, Good luck. And already some TikTok creators have countersued the state of Montana, saying it's a violation of their free speech. And uh, the tech industry really Mm -hmm. doesn't want these sort of individual bans on apps. But uh, OpenAI, the ChatGPT uh, app is now available on iPhones, and I think it's going to be available on Android coming up. And I think that's going to be the threshold where a lot of people who might not have gone for it on the website Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. might be a little bit more comfortable downloading an app and playing around with it. And so it'll be interesting to see what now and one of the first warnings it gave you when i was signing up so it wanted my email it wanted a real phone number not my little fake mm-hmm. voip number it didn't let me do that and uh. it said you know be aware that whatever you put in here might be used to train our language models so oh. we're, we're just we're just making it wow. smarter every one of us we're making it smarter Good for them <laughs> i for guess that's a point of <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> yes. our, our podcast oh, is good for making uh, AI smarter, too. Yay. Uh, oh, all right. What do you got? Uh, all right. So I've got two. One was kind of, uh, yeah, we saw this coming. The other one was kind of like, holy, whoops. Sorry. Oh. Are we still there? Am I still there? <laughs> yes, we're here. Because I just yes. kicked the Meraki right over. Holy cow. All right. Well, <laughs> so so Stephen Skeller <laughs> or Ian Adams, if you're listening to this podcast, everything's fine. Um, anyway. So two items. Number one, the Walt Disney Company in the state of Florida, specifically Governor uh, DeSantis, have been in in uh, um, there's been some tension, shall we say, between the don't say gay bill, between the uh, Disney having, you know, jurisdiction over its own special tax zone there. I mean, there's been just all kinds of stuff going on. And DeSantis so far has been, generally speaking, doing whatever the heck he wants. Well, today, Bob Iger, uh, the CEO of Disney, did whatever the heck he wants, and he pulled out of an almost $1 billion project in Florida that was expected to bring 2,000 jobs to that state because, and this is Iger, he said he didn't like business conditions. So are you the one who said the other day it's the second part of blankety-blank and find out? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is, yeah. that's what I said. So, <laughs> so Governor DeSantis has blankety-blanked, and now he's finding out. And Disney, I, yep. despite all of its billions of dollars in investment in the state of Florida, clearly feels no further need to engage in a business sense with the current governor. And it's just, hmm, this is really interesting. DeSantis gets to do what he does, and Disney as a company gets to do what it wants. So, Well, and did uh, you see Gavin Newsom's response? <laughs> No, what did he say? <laughs> Newsom was, I'm going to have to find the actual uh, tweet, but he was basically like, we're happy to uh, have your business here in yeah. the state of California where yeah. our uh, laws align with your, your company values or something like that. And um, uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was, yeah. So, you know, more, more to come in that one. I'm, I'm very, very sure. Here's the other one. And this one just kind of got me in a, in a boy tax laws are stupid. So. I scroll Mm. through the Washington Post every day to, you know, just sort of see what's going on and check in on policy and this and that. And this thing caught my eye, which kind of blew me away. So Senator Chris Coons of Delaware and another senator whose name I forget, I apologize, Senator, if you're listening to this podcast, have Mm. introduced a bill to um, 
get rid of penalties and interest payments for Americans who are unlawfully detained overseas. And as part of the press release for that bill, this fact was in the Washington Post today, that Jason Rezaian, who we've had on this podcast, who was imprisoned in Iran for 500 and something days, when he came back, he had 10 or tens of thousands of dollars worth, rather, of interests, fines, and penalties from the Internal Revenue Service because he couldn't be held because he couldn't pay because he was being held in Iran. And he went to the IRS and he said, I was in an Iranian prison. And the IRS apparently said, I'm sorry, we just don't have the computer codes and the ability to wipe away this debt. And so Resign had to pay thousands of dollars. He got some of it taken care of, but he had to pay thousands of dollars because the IRS didn't know what to do, which reminded me of a relatively funny, but kind of not so funny in retrospect, anecdote from Apollo 13, a great movie. But there's a, there's a line or two in that movie where one of the astronauts asks somebody on the ground to talk to somebody at the Internal Revenue Service because they hadn't filed their taxes yet. I think it was Jack Swigert, actually, the, <laughs> the, the lunar module pilot, or maybe the command module pilot, actually, who, who um, asked them to get a hold of the IRS because this was April 1970, whatever it was, 70, 71, and taxes were due, and they had to talk to the IRS. <laughs> so tax laws are stupid. That's all I'm saying. Tax laws are stupid. That's it. Uh, That's all I got. <laughs> and yet vitally important at this particular junction oh, yeah. in the no, American totally. economy because those but, tax oh revenues are awfully oh, crucial to avoid our uh, looming debt ceiling <laughs> at this particular juncture. Oh, I guess he's done with us. <laughs> Jay's, Jay's like, done. and moving on. <laughs> all, right. all right. Why don't you go, go ahead. first, you guy? All right. I'll go first. So this one is yesterday, I think. So mm -hmm. if you are a, a fan of history and a fan of shipwrecks, which I kind of am a little bit, um, the news uh, out of the North Atlantic, as it were, is kind of amazing. There has been a full digital scan of the Titan the wreckage of the Titanic done. And, you know, if you've ever seen videos of what it's like two and a half miles under the Atlantic Ocean, it's dark and murky and you can't really see sort of the whole perspective. So they spent like months, this crew did, last summer in the North Atlantic, scanning the entire thing and the debris field so you can get the whole ship. It's not an artist conception. It's actually a digital scan. They never touched the ship. They, they respected the fact that it's a, that it's a grave, basically. Um, but they scanned the whole thing and they scanned it down to the millimeter. You can see rivets. You can see serial numbers on propellers. We're going to put this on the show page. It's crazy cool. It's crazy cool. That's all I got. Yeah, I was looking at some of the photos and it's it's pretty wild. You can see sort of yeah. how the ship, the, how twisted it is in some places, but yep. how perfectly intact it is in others, which gives you indications yep. about sort of how it fell into the ocean and it's just like so far down um yeah. in in the ocean and um you know it's really it's really tragic i was um a couple let's see i guess it was about a month ago there was i'm sorry the cat has jumped on my lap and is sticking his face That's directly right. into the mic in case you hear purring this, 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 um, this is a very noisy random <laughs> podcast i'm smashing yes. the rocky you've got a cat going on my dogs are barking yes. um oh my goodness in my neighborhood here in D.C., there's actually a memorial for the Titanic, specifically dedicated to the men on the Titanic who gave their lives so that women and children could get onto the lifeboats. And this mm -hmm. particular statue used to stand over by where the Kennedy Center is now. 
But when they built the Kennedy Center, they moved it uh, into my neighborhood. And apparently when they were raising money for the statue, it was so um, such a popular fundraiser uh, at the time mm-hmm. that they had to limit everyone's donations to one dollar uh, at a, at, a, wow. at a time. And every year here in D.C., people meet up at this memorial uh, on the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic for like a moment of silence to recognize the people oh, uh, who who died in in that shipwreck. Hmm. Um, and so it's like a little tiny little moment of D.C. history or information mm-hmm. not, yeah, not sure. exactly smiley but that was a super right. cool story and the photos are really astonishing and wow science and technology okay mine is way more just <laughs> gotta love dogs and particularly i, I know we were talking the other day about golden retrievers and how just unconditional love they are so if husky uh, sorry if golden retrievers are unconditional love huskies are unconditional drama and case in point a story in the huffington post highlighting a facebook post where an alabama animal shelter had to literally adjust its hours on tuesday because when they showed up in the morning there was a husky that had broken out and was just sitting there at the door waiting for them surrounded by just chaos because the husky had broken out trashed the entire inside i'm talking like scratched down blinds knocked over computer monitors like thrown stuff around and broken out two other dogs oh wow (laughs) and and there's this amazing photo of uh the (laughs) the shelter's director who showed up first and he's standing at you know, outside the door of, you can see his reflection in the door of the shelter and the Huskies on the other side, surrounded by just like all of this trash, waiting for people to come. And you can see the shelter's director standing in the reflection, just smoking a cigarette, like, okay, here uh, we go. <laughs> ha. That's great. Oh, man. But luckily, uh, since since then, this, this particularly uh, active Husky has been adopted by a very experienced family that knows how to deal with huskies and at least one of the huskies other accomplices has been has been adopted um huskies are such beautiful dogs but yeah. i i don't think i could i could never no. that's that's a lot of energy that's a lot of dog. that's a dog oh my goodness all right uh so I believe yeah. uh, with that, we are done. Back tomorrow for Economics on Tap. Uh, we'll do the YouTube live stream thing, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. Uh, more news, game, uh, and some drinks. Yeah, and speaking of drinks, if you want to get a sneak peek at what we'll be having for happy hour tomorrow, or if you're just looking for some inter- interesting cocktail recipes and the occasional beer recommendation, you can check out our Make Me Smart newsletter. That's where Kai and I are sharing some of our favorite drinks and what we're thinking about for Friday. You can sign up at marketplace.org slash newsletters. Ah, Jay's enjoying Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Berg. Secret Today's episode was engineered by J.C. Bolt. Our intern is Antonio Barreras. Ellen Rolfus writes that newsletter you should subscribe to. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcast. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital, which includes On Demand, as we learned. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine 
I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.